Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Yeah, I'm excited. I only had a half a cup of coffee this morning because you know how I get. You know how I get. No, um, my number one desire this morning is that the Holy Spirit would impart one thing to you today. That's my goal as a human. I brought props. If the props are your one thing you learn, props to you. I just made that up on the fly. It's getting better and better. See, you just got to get up here and take the edge off. No, you know what? Uh, I really am excited. I believe Faith City is all about you understanding who you are. Amen. And you know that we're all on a journey. I talk about the journey a lot because I like the word journey. The aspect of you're the only one that has a thumbprint that is to you, right? It's yours. No one else has the identical. It's the same way I look at it as my journey, your journey. We're all on a journey. Everybody's journey is different. Some of us collide at certain random points, but there's not one other person in this room that likes, that does the same thing that you like and do. Amen? With that, thinking of the journey, the knowledge that you have only comes from your journey and your experiences, good or bad, right? We're going to get into that a little bit. What, what, what movie are we talking about today? Matrix. Matrix. Cat was out the bag last week. We told you. Did anybody watch it this week? We have one soul. You know, it's from what, like 1997? So no spoilers today. So if you don't know, that's all right. Has, has everyone saw The Matrix? If you have not saw The Matrix, raise your hand. This will show me how much dialogue I need to go into this movie. Whether we're going to be here three and a half hours or six and a half hours. Weigh it out. Weigh it out. It's getting hot up in her. My question to you is, do you understand what reality is? What is reality? Is reality what is real to you? We're going to dive into this topic a little bit because reality in the realm uh, that you live in, I believe is key. And understand that the realm you live in is only due here we go again, to your journey. The aspect of your life is in your realm. It's your reality. Right? How many have ever heard the phrase, you live in a bubble? Man, you live in a bubble. So a while back, I'm surfing through Facebook videos or whatever, and I came across a clip of Ellen. Remember the show Ellen? It's still out, I think. Uh, I do really like her. She's a wonderful person and does amazing things for humanity. But her games on her show are so funny. I'm watching this one episode, and she has 
She has very wealthy people on her show. Bill Gates is on her show. And she likes to play games. And she's playing a game with Bill Gates. And it's basically, he is up there and he has these common household objects. Right? And he is, she is asking him, what's the price of a gallon of milk? Is it $2.99 or $8.99? So as you can tell, this whole game was outside of Bill Gates' bubble. This is something he does not deal with. He doesn't go to the grocery store, obviously. I want you to think about that in your realm today, in your reality. What is your reality? You'd think a gallon of milk, everyone should know that. No, only people that go to the grocery store, only people that shop know that organic milk is more money than regular cow milk, even though it's cow milk, or you go to lamb milk, whatever, milk. So different prices, different reality as to the aspect of your life. Follow me? I'm going to dive into this a little bit. What about this statement? We know what we know, and what we don't know, we don't know. Is that the deepest thing you've heard all day? Do I need to repeat that? What you don't know, I would say, is outside your reality. Because you don't know. Yet, us as Americans are spoiled. Because we get in our own reality, in our own box, and we argue the terms of our reality against the terms of someone else's journey, can you say? Hold on, this is their journey? So now you're arguing, I'm sorry, we are arguing journey to journey. Hold up, it's outside of, you're arguing something that might be outside of someone else's journey. So where are we with this? What gives us the right to argue our journey when someone else has never experienced that in their life? So we know what we know and what we don't know, we don't know. It's as deep as it gets today, I promise. There's only, we're only going up. I wrote this down. You must come to a place not where you need to change, but where change can be accepted. If we are so dogmatic in our outlook and views, improvements and growth will never come. If we are so stuck in our reality today, if we're so stuck in our journey that we can't see anyone else's journey or outside our journey to understand that there are possibilities outside our bubble. We're in a bubble, people. You go to a third world country, 
they've never even experienced anything close to the life you live. It's an eye-opener. Those are dramatic terms. We're a little less dramatic because we're all living here. So now we're on competition, little levels of reality, journey, what's what, what's truth. It's called having compassion and walking in love. Amen? So how do we come to this place? This place where change just needs to be accepted. Not where you'd need change, but where change can be accepted. In our growth walk, amen? So, my dad would have this class on Genesis, creation in the beginning. He would speak different aspects of this. And he used this example that probably when I was 15 really blew my mind. Dad, do you have that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Props. <laughs> yardstick. This is the yardstick of knowledge. All knowledge is in this yardstick. I could choose any one of you or any person in the world to come up here. The thought that they would put their finger at the top that they know all knowledge is slim. As slim as this yardstick. <laughs> so if I was to ask you, if this is all knowledge, where do you fall in the knowledge? From zero to 35. 36, three feet. Where do you fall? Do you fall at 30 inches? Do you fall at one foot of all knowledge? What about two inches? Where do you fall? Where's your bubble? Where's your bubble? Half? Maybe half. Where's the reality that you live in? Is it half? Wherever it is, my point is, there's something on top of what you don't know. And this up here is where some other people live. Yet we argue our terms. We argue our life. We argue our bubble. Do we have to hit it home with how we were raised. Some people were raised maybe up here. Maybe some people learned economics when they were in middle school. You know, I'm grasping at straws. Maybe some kids before the age of 12 learned how to balance a bank account. And that's something we still haven't got yet because we're getting them NSF fees. Insufficient funds. Right? The yardstick. I love the yardstick. I hope to come back to the yardstick. It just proves the point. What if you're agnostic? What if you're atheist? 
What if you're a Christian so lost in the law that you can't see past your nose? But you know what? We have to walk in love, church, because this is their bubble. So why are we arguing bubble to bubble? Too many times we fall into that. Too many times it's right and left. Too many times we're arguing our point. We argue doctrine in the church. Man, is this deep? Am I getting in your face? Are your toes bloody? I'm sorry. Here we are. The reality of it all. The matrix. We got the blue pill and the red pill. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, we'll get into it a little bit. Who's the character in the matrix, the main dude? Neo. Neo. What other name does he have? Okay, that's his real name, but we're in the matrix. We're in the matrix. Close. I don't think it's Dennis. It's Thomas. It has. Good, good for you for throwing out a first name because most everybody just says Mr. Anderson. Okay? So we're in the matrix. The matrix, Neo, I will call him He's, he's on his computer one day and gets a phone call. He gets a phone call from this character called Morpheus. He knows of Morpheus because Morpheus is techie. He's techie. His job is techie. It's all about computers. Okay? So Morpheus has a meeting with him and offers him two pills. Says, you can take the blue, blue pill and you'll wake up in your bed in the morning and this will all be a dream. Or you can take the red pill and see how far the rabbit hole actually goes. Woo! Obviously, he reaches for the red pill and Morpheus says, hold up. There's no going back. Because, Neil, what you know is what you know. And what you don't know, you don't know. I just added that and put it into the movie for, for effect. But that's basically what he's saying. Because how many realize when you learn something, you cannot unlearn something? I often fall back to a phrase that my father said. He said, wow, I paid money to go to Bible college and now I'm unlearning what they taught me. I'm like, hold up. You paid money to learn something, and now it's took you years to unlearn it. We have to be careful what we learn. There's no unlearning when you learn. When you learn of the Lord's love, there's no going back. It's the most powerful thing in my life. I'm telling you, life-changing. Back to Neo. Ready? So Neil reaches for the red pill. He takes the red pill. He wakes up in this pod full of liquid. He's got plugs all hooked to him. He has no hair. 
Finally, he talks to Morpheus and says, why do my eyes hurt? And Morpheus says, because you've never used them before. He says, what? What is this? Where am I? Why is everything so weird looking? He was plugged into a computer and his whole life was a computer program. He was living in a program. His body was being used as basically a battery for the machines to stay alive. So when he took the red pill, it alerted Morpheus where he was. He woke up and they came and got him out of the battery that he was held in. And now he's living in reality. So the whole movie is the decipher for him what is real and what is not real. Because up to this point, his whole life was not real. Morpheus teaches him all these things because he tells him, Neil, you're the one. Neil's like, what does that mean? He's like, you're the one that's going to bring balance to the whole universe. You're the one that is here to save us all. What a mind trip. Neil's like, I can't even use my eyes, let alone take on what you just told me. So what Neil's process was, he was learning everything he could, and his job in the movie was for himself to believe that he was the one. That's what I ask you today. Do you believe you're the one? Do you believe in yourself? Good question. Tough question. Let's get into it a little bit. Woo! Who's excited? Did, did, I, did I summarize? So, so here we are with... Uh, Neo is learning. He's learning ninjutsu, all this combat stuff. Him and Morpheus are going back and forth in this computer program. Uh, Neo thinks everything he's doing is basically close to reality, that he's actually there. But he's not there. He's back in a machine, plugged into the machine, laying on a table right next to Morpheus. So his reality is he's living on a table, but he's back in this computer program and he's fighting Morpheus in Kung Fu. And Morpheus says to him, the terms that you live in here, gravity, speed, agility, they bar none. They have no weight here. They don't exist in this program. Even though you've been trained your whole life that, hey, I'm walking because gravity's holding me down. So he had to unbreak his thinking in the program to understand who he needed to be. He says, Morpheus says to Neil, do you think that's air you're breathing? All right. Enough of the movie. He says, you can be told what the matrix is. You, I'm sorry, you can't be told what the matrix is. You have to be shown. 
Living in a bubble is very hard for us to be told what's actually outside our bubble. Because what's outside our reality is something we can't grasp at. Something we can't get a hold of. Because we've never held on to it or it would be inside our bubble. So it's outside our bubble. It's the reality that's out there that someone else might have experienced They can either tell you about it or they can show you and take you and let you touch it or feel it. How many has ever been skydiving? Couple. I have. Changed my life. There ain't a roller coaster out there that gets me scared. I can tell you all about skydiving. I can tell you about the rush. I can tell you about the speed, the pressure on my chest, like a car or elephant as I'm falling to the ground, the little pinhole in my lips that I barely open up and bang, my lungs filled with air because I was moving 239 miles an hour. I can tell you all about it. But unless you experience it for yourself, it can be outside your reality because when you experience it then you have something to share right let's follow morpheus apologizes to neil he says neil i'm sorry we have a rule and the rule is we don't free a mind let me read this so i don't mess it up after it's reached a certain age. How many have ever heard the phrase, you can't teach an old dog new tricks? That's a lie. But how many know the more you're stuck in the mud, the harder it is to get out? Okay? It's just harder. Hold on. I've been doing this for... 50 years. You mean to tell me if I just switch this around and do that, it's easier? All right. It's not impossible, but sometimes it's hard. The older you get, the harder it is to free your mind of past ideals. It's not impossible, but it can be harder. How Do you need to free your mind and take the limitations off? Or what part of you has you trapped and you can't move forward? Where are we stuck? Are we stuck in our bubble? Are we stuck not walking in love and realizing that, hold up, they're on a different journey than I am They've experienced other things than I have. Maybe the argument is we can just agree to talk about it. Because obviously they feel that they are right. I feel that I am right. Maybe we should just both get a little smarter and maybe lay out a few facts. And the argument doesn't have to take place. We can just agree to disagree, maybe until we get some more facts. And then when we get more facts, 
Maybe the facts are some of my bubble will flow over into his realm or some of his reality will flow over into mine and then maybe a change would happen for one of us, each of us, or both of us. But sometimes we're so old and dogmatic in our ways that hold up. This doctrine is the doctrine that I've been standing on since 1943. And there ain't no way in hell that you're going to change my mind. I'm like, hold on. We're talking about heaven here, not hell. I'm talking about living the good life, the good news. Here we go. Do you believe in yourself? Neil's whole goal in the movie was to change his mind, not to accept the part that he was the one, but he just had to believe in himself. And you know what his belief was in his statement? He said, I think I can change. And when he thought he could change, it actually wrapped his mind around new possibilities. And those new possibilities freed his mind to accept new things, even though he was an old dog in a new house. Can we accept new things today? Can we free our mind outside our bubble to accept new things into our bubble? Or just to accept that other people have bubbles and they might not coexist with my bubble, but it's okay for them to be of that opinion. I'm going to love them where they are. Tough one to swallow when somebody's yelling at you. Tough one to swallow when they're arguing you got ammunition loaded in your gun. And you're like, I'm going to blow them away. It's tough to swallow. It's tough to walk in love sometimes. When's the last time you heard you're the one? When's the last time you heard you're the one that's going to save all of humanity? When's the last time you heard God the Father tell you how special? How important you are? How much he loves you? That he didn't have to do it all for humanity. He would have done it all just for you. I don't have to lay my life down for all my kids. I'd lay my life down for one. Woo! Man. Believing in yourself, loving yourself. Most of you know that I swam in high school. Freshman year, we go to this event where all the surrounding schools are invited. It's called an invitational. 
In the Invitational, you're almost guaranteed one person from every school swims each event. So you get so many events to swim. I remember swimming an event. I walked up to my black, starting block. You'll see it in the Olympics. The swimmers stand up on them and they jump off them, called a starting block. I walked up to the starting block. Normally, you'd stand behind the starting block until the announcer announces your name, and then you, get, you stand on the starting block until they say, on your mark, okay? So normally, you stand behind the starting block. This moment changed my life forever. Wow, I'm still emotional. Woo! I'm standing behind the starting block. I looked to my left. Honestly, I didn't have to look to my left because I heard this beast of a human standing next to me, towering over me, it seemed like, hair all wild. I can only describe him as an upside-down pyramid because his waist was this big and his shoulders were this big. And when they announced his name, he got up on top of the block and there's this thing that he did where his traps on his back were so big that he could slap his bicep against his traps and it made a slapping sound and he stood, okay? If I had my shirt off, it would snap, okay? So obviously I learned how to do this. Obviously. He stood on the block yelling and screaming and snapping his arms. So you couldn't even hear the announcement of my name, let alone the guys next to me. Absolute disrespect to everything. I got up on my block. On your mark, and I timidly took my mark. I jumped in the water watching this guy swim out in front of me. We got to the wall, made a flip turn. I watched this guy swim out in front of me. I watched him touch the time pad and then I touched the time pad and we got out of the pool. I walked back to my team as everyone did. No big deal, didn't think nothing of it. That moment changed my life forever because later in life, not too much later, I realized that when I got to that block and I saw him and I heard him, in my mind, I was already beat. I was already a loser. I was already defeated before I even touched the water. Okay? At that time, he was a senior. I never saw him after that year. Uh, I don't know anything about any of that. All I do know is I learned something that day. And I took that to full advantage from every other person I ever swam against. And I became that obnoxious animal that I was going to beat you before we even got on the blocks. I started, because of that moment, I started to believe in myself. That belief has lasted the rest of my life. 
That belief, and it's in that moment, it's in that moment. I'm not saying that's every area of life. I'm saying in competition, I'm going to school you before we touch the ball, before we get on the court, before we touch the water. Whatever happens, I'm beating you. Okay? It's the competitive nature that is brought out inside me from that moment that I learned. I grew a goatee my senior year. My mom helped me dye it black. I was the scariest thing that ever hit the water. So mind games. I, have a, I had a best friend. He went on to qualify for the Olympics, swim from Michigan. Um, just an awesome swimmer. Uh, he was a grade below me. I thought about this later, and we've even had discussions about this. I've had discussions with my mom. This is off notes. I never let myself beat my best friend. He always beat me. Mind games. He was faster than I was as a little kid. Could I have beat him? I don't know. Did I ever try to beat him? No. When we hit the water, I just watched him go out in front. I always watched him hit the wall before I did. If we swam an event, he hit one. I hit second. We would beat everybody else in the pool. He always touched first. I think of that to this day. And I'm like, man, you know, what if, what if? Did I not free my mind enough to beat him? I told myself that I would always take second behind him. Is this the reality or the bubble that I lived in in high school? Was I better than him? Maybe. But I never showed it. Colossians 1.21. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. You were enemies of God in your mind. Wrap yourself around that for a second. Hold up. You, you, mean, you mean to tell me that the bubble that I've been living in, that God is up, up top with a hammer just waiting for me to mess up so he can smash me with it and give me cancer, so he can smash me with it and cause a car accident, so he can smash me with it and take one of my loved ones? That's not the reality that we live in today. That's not my God. That's in your mind. Are you following me? In your mind, you are enemies of God. In your mind. God has always loved you. God has always been there for you. God loved you standing in the house when you're the prodigal son gathering your stuff saying, all right, dad, I'm heading to Vegas. Okay, son. Okay, daughter, I'll let you go. I love you. I will watch for you from afar. I look forward to your return. He loved you from the moment before you were born, before you were conceived, from the foundations of the earth. That's how much he loved you. Words are important. This little side note, 
Some of us were told words when we were younger. They stuck with us. And those words molded our future. Those words put us down a journey, good or bad, sometimes bad. Bad words like, you'll amount to nothing, so why even try? You're stupid. Why even go to college? You're not going to make it. Words that maybe your peers say uh, to try to make themselves feel better by putting you down. Words that maybe your parents say because deep down they want you to succeed, but they don't want you to succeed past where they are in their life. Things that were taught or told can turn into our belief system of how we view ourselves. If we allow others' words to define us, we are allowing hurdles, hills, and sometimes mountains to stand in between us and our true belief of what he believes you are. Everything we do here at Faith City is getting us in our journey where we are to understand more of how God views us. This is my biggest, if this is a point, I don't even know. I don't have it as a point. This is my biggest goal in life. If I can share one thing with you, with someone I meet in the street, with some kid at my kids' school, it doesn't matter. Every person I touch, I'm trying to get them to understand something about Father God. That Father God, how he she views them. Change, changed my life. Years ago, men's breakfast. Don, you were there. Men's breakfast. We had club the night before, super tired. Got up because I had to. Went to men's breakfast to eat some food and try to stay awake. Exhausted. Ate some pancakes, sat there. Dr. Carl was teaching. I've heard about righteousness my whole life. The definition of righteousness, to be in right standing with the Lord. whoop I didn't know. That was the definition. What did that mean? There was a light bulb that came on in my head at men's breakfast this day. I tried to write it down. Let me get there. Is anybody getting anything out of this? My dad says, never ask that question because someone could say no. (laughs) The gift of righteousness to be right standing with the Lord. Did you do anything to receive righteousness? I want to take a moment on this because if this can free anybody's brain, Let's do it right here, because this is exciting. Did you do anything to receive his righteousness? It's a gift. You did not. I did not. He gave it to us. Righteousness is right standing before the Lord. So that does not mean it's wrong standing. You are always right standing before the Lord. 
because of his righteousness. If you did nothing to receive his righteousness, can you do anything to lose his righteousness? The answer is no. Because if all my past failures and all my past mistakes, I still have righteousness, all my future failures and all my future mistakes, I'm still going to have righteousness. I'm still going to be in right standing with the Lord. This freed my mind. Freed my mind to understand that hold up, this bubble that I had been living in, there's actually something more. There's something outside this. What am I missing? It opened up opportunities for me to experience kingdom living. Come on, somebody. To understand, uh, 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 you, mean, you mean I don't have to jump through these hoops? I don't have to go over these hills? I don't have to go through this valley in order to learn something? In order for him to receive me? In order for him to give me his goodness? No, you've already, already received that. It's always yours. It's always yours. I used to think that when I sinned and I messed up, God was never with me. He left the room. No, it's a lie. That was my reality that I was living in at the time. But the, the, truth, is, the truth of the matter is he's standing right there next to me while I'm messing up, while I'm falling short says we've all fallen short. It's okay. How far have you fallen? It don't matter. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. We've heard that too much. That was actually a joke. No one laughed. (laughs) We haven't heard it here. Believe in yourself. Believe that who he says you are, you are. You are the one. Tough pill to swallow sometimes. I skipped over something. I got to share it with you. Superman. Superman's transformation took place in a phone booth. Your transformation takes place up here. Yet some of us walk around as Clark Kent every day of our life. Where Clark Kent, you don't even realize that you got an S on your chest. You got boots on your feet and a cape on your back. And you think you're Clark Kent. I'm sorry, ladies. Wonder Woman. <laughs> what she got a shield and a sword and boots. Come on. You're walking around like Clark Kent. We have to understand who we are and understand how he perceives us and how he views us. When we see ourselves how he sees ourselves, it will totally change your life. All right, that was what I skipped over. You're a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, behold, all things are new. 
Are you saying that there, there's, there's more to life than the reality that I live in? Yeah, there is more out there. There is more out there. Am I saying that you don't have enough? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you need to get from A to B. I'm saying that where your journey is, understand who you are in your journey. And your journey will continue to change. And it'll actually blow your mind when you start believing in yourself, when you start loving yourself. How can you love others if you can't love yourself? The ruler. I'd like to get back to that. Do you know who you are? Believing in yourself. Do you believe that God loves you? Do you believe that God loves you unconditionally? If you do, why do we put conditions on his love? And you say, oh, I messed up yesterday. Oh, I had that bad thought. Or man, I yelled at my spouse. Or man, I, I spanked my kids too hard. I spanked my kids at all. I really got angry and, and I flipped that other driver off because he couldn't hear me. <laughs> no, that wasn't me. We mess up and somehow in our brain, there's distance. We've given a gap in between where he is and where we are. We've gapped ourselves. He has never gapped you. He has never distanced himself from you. He has unconditional love for you. Unconditional. Wrap your mind around that. God cannot love you more tomorrow than he does today, no matter how many trophies you win today. No, many how, no, no matter how many old ladies you walk across the street today, no matter how many good deeds, vice versa, no matter how many bad deeds you do today, he cannot love you more tomorrow than he does today. Isn't that good news? Isn't that exciting? You're already loved. Face the facts. You're already loved. But do you believe it? Do you walk in it? Do you walk in that love? When we start believing in ourselves like God believes in us, then we can start walking out true identity in who he made us to be. Do you know who you are today? I hope this gave you one thing to help you grow. I hope the Holy Spirit imparted one thing into your life to help change you for the better on your journey. Because we're all taking steps. Our steps are all different. They're all in different areas. We're walking different lives. 
Remember, having a relationship with someone, it's not about going down the same road. It's just about agreeing. It's not about every agreement. I forgot what I was going to say. I should have wrote that down. I love you. I love everybody here. I want the best for you, even if I don't know you. He wants the best for you. When we start walking in that love and walking in that kingdom and how we view others, it's just going to help improve your life, improve your journey, improve your bubble. We're all in a bubble. Say, I'm in a bubble. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for everyone that's here, that everyone that heard what you wanted me to say, what I said. Impart it into them, Father. Put it in their hearts. Charge them with your Holy Spirit. Not, to that, not so that we can be better people, but so we can understand how good we are. Through your eyes, I thank you for all that you've done for us. I thank you for every person that is here. Bless them. Give them life and life abundant. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.